Good morning, everyone. And welcome to what is the highlight of our week because we celebrate the love that our God has for us. And you've joined us on a very special Sunday. Today is Confirmation Sunday, and we celebrate four young adults who confess their faith in Jesus and promise to follow him. How awesome. Uh, you've joined us at home for now. Uh, we'll see how that changes in the coming weeks and months. Um, but at home, here are the rules. Uh, tune in and tune out. Uh, tune into this broadcast and try to tune out every other distraction as we have a chance to worship the Lord. Feel free also to interact. And so chat amen, say good morning, uh, welcome other people. Um, we'll also have a time for prayer requests. Um, also, this is a great opportunity for outreach. One of the great buttons on Facebook is this button called Share. Uh, so if you want, you can share this and see who might learn about their Lord um, today. So uh, please help us do that. Our mission is to reach the lost with the love of Christ. And so we're always hoping that two things are going to happen. That number one, people will learn why we call God's love amazing. And number two, they'll see how the word is living and active. How today he still speaks into our life with a very relevant word, an appropriate word. But now as we continue... We're going to join in prayer and ask God to bless us as we worship. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, how great it is that we have four young people confessing their faith in you and praising your name. Help us all to be like our confirmands and bring you our sincere praise. Let the good news of Jesus' love reach so many more that praise for you erupts throughout the world. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. At this time, I invite you, if you're at home, to stand or get ready to belt it out. Uh, we have our first song, Amazing Love, Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone.
is it that you turn to for hope? You know, there are many options we could go to. We go to our leadership to figure it out. We could put our hope in the economy. We could put our hope in ourselves. But as a Christian community, what we have the opportunity to do is often and regularly put our hope in God, not only for our salvation, but for all of our earthly circumstances. And it's in these moments that we do just that. In these moments, we just confess our brokenness and how often we've gotten it wrong, how often we've sinned, and then we hear about what he's done. Join with me now in a confession of sins. Heavenly Father, I sin against you in thought, in word, and in deed. You've created me to shine, and so often my light is dim. Forgive me for the sake of Jesus. You know, today we consider the words of Psalm 118. And here are some sweet portions of that psalm. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. You want to know where you find hope? In the Lord. In the God who lived for you, died for you, and rose again to assure you that there is peace and joy in Him. I get to remind you of that hope by telling you your sins, they're forgiven. This in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We now continue with praise. Our next song is Living Hope.
the great opportunities we do as a church community is we just pray together. And if you'd like, you can feel free to chat in a prayer request at this time. Uh, we'll be monitoring that. Um, but today we have a few prayer requests already. Uh, for those in Midland, Michigan, um, for Michelle, who uh, this past week had brain surgery, and for Maureen, who has been hospitalized. Uh, so let's join together in prayer. Heavenly Father, I am just so thankful that when we need help, you are the almighty God whose arm is not too short. You're the one who is bigger than any storm that we personally go through or storm that comes into this world. Lord, we pray for all of those affected uh, by the flooding in Midland, Michigan. We pray that you continue to help them to recover, continue to give them peace through your presence, and continue to supply all of their needs. Lord, we also pray for Michelle, that after this week's surgery, she would continue to find answers uh, through the medical means that are available, uh, but hope and peace in you. Lord, we also pray for Maureen, uh, that you would continue to uh, grant her recovery according to your will as she is hospitalized, and, and give her answers, um, Lord. Uh, we know that you never leave us and that you never forsake us. Uh, Lord, we also pray for Carol Quinlan, um, who is in rehabilitation, um, for Susan, uh, who is facing knee surgery this Wednesday. Uh, Lord, continue to be the healer. Uh, we pray for Sally Diener, uh, who has just experienced a, a road of health issues. Uh, we praise you that you've been with her on that road, uh, but ask for success according to your will and for a different day. Um, and, and Lord, just be with all of those uh, who need your help. Uh, Lord, I also just thank you for the Spirit who intercedes for us and, and in spiritual ways groans for us, asking what we truly need. Uh, Lord, at this time, we also uh, pray the prayer that Jesus taught us. Uh, we join together in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Hey, church family, God is with us. He loves you way more than you know, and he's still reigning on his throne. He's in control. I'm so excited to share God's word with you this morning. But I wanted to ask you a question. Have you had to turn off the news recently? 
You know, it's interesting. We live in a time where uh, media uh, sometimes reports too much. At least that's how I feel. We have access to all the problems going around in all of the world and in our country, especially during this pandemic. In fact, it's interesting that surveys would show many people think, about 75% of people think, that news media is exaggerating all of the details and, and feeding into the hysteria of what's going on. What I also recognize is the divide of opinions on what we should do as people. Have you heard this? About a third of people think that we're not doing enough to keep ourselves safe. A third of people think this is crazy and, and things should have returned to normal a long time ago. And a third of the people are in the middle. And, and, and that means that as you're watching the news, at one point or another, you're mad at someone. <laughs> you're riled over something. And in fact, that's why I kind of had a chuckle at this Facebook post it said this, I say that we close down national media for 30 days and watch 80% of the world's problems go away. <laughs> now, I don't mean to speak on personal bias, but the reason I bring this up is because I want to draw out one point that I believe in. And this is the first takeaway, that I believe the words that are spoken into our lives, that we speak, that we hear, they shape our reality. Those words are like paintbrush on a clean palette that can either paint beautiful colors or it can paint it very dark in, in hues that are kind of scary. In fact, I recognize this as we look at God's word. The wisest man who ever lived, Solomon, given the gift of wisdom, and, and this is what he said about words, that the tongue has the power of either life or death. You probably recognize that, right? It's when you got all dressed up and you were looking at what people would say and, and as they reacted to your get up, you knew they either had life or death in their hands. It's when you worked really hard on something, poured out your heart, put in the passion and, and you knew based on the reaction of a professor, of a boss, they either had life or death in their hands. In fact, it's something we recognize uh, about when we process what happened in the world. You can come home from work or come home from school and pick out all the negative things that happened. Everyone who said a bad word about you, all the problems that went on, and you can start painting in very dark hues the world that you live in. But you can also paint a different way. You can pick out the good of, of those who had kind comments of something that went right, even if it's as simple as a meal, of the sun that was shining, or the rainbow after a storm. It's within our ability to paint the world with the words that we speak. And something that I recognize is that God cares about this. And by the way, I want to welcome you if you're not a Christian, um, if you just found us somehow. Uh, man, we're so glad you're here. <laughs> and, and you don't have to have it all together, and you can have questions. We just want you to know how good God is and the love that he has for you. But out of his love, an extension of his love, is his care for the words that we speak. And we saw that in the Old Testament. Uh, maybe you know this story about uh, the children of Israel. Uh, let me tell you the story. Uh, for a while, they were slaves in Egypt, and God did incredible things. Through ten signs and wonders, he brought them out of Egypt and forced the Pharaoh to say, go, you can get out of here. He protected his people. 
They went through the Red Sea on dry ground, and they could wave to the fish in the sea nearby. And, and God closed that, that ocean on, on the army. God was the one who led them by a pillar of cloud by day and fire by night. He's the one that provided manna in the morning and quail at various times. He fed them and protected them. And the story they could have been telling is this. Wow, I'm finally free, no longer a slave, all because of the God of Israel. Wow, I don't have to go grocery shopping and spend my hard-earned cash at Aldi because God has manna for me. But is that the words that they spoke? No. They were complainers. Filled with complaint over and over and over, time and time again complaining. In fact, in Numbers chapter 11, uh, this is her account. Now the people complained about their hardships in the hearing of the Lord. And how did he feel? What did he think about the words they were saying and how they were painting their world? When he heard them, his anger was aroused. Now here he sent fire. At other times he sent venomous snakes. When they complained about taking over the land, he just made them wander for 40 years. And, and I wonder, is God any more happy when we fill our, our, our world with these complaints. And it's easy to do, isn't it? I mean, COVID-19 has given us enough problems to drone on and on and on about, uh, of the disappointments of the things we can no longer do. Uh, we could find complaints for days, couldn't we? But the opportunity is to paint our world a little more beautifully, is to pick out the reasons we have to praise our God, and, and that's what I want to talk about with you today because I need some beautiful hues in my life. I don't know about you. <laughs> and many times I'm in control of the hues that are going on. So as we get going, I, I love this comment by uh, a pastor, Charles Swindoll. Uh, he had this to say. He said, life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. It reminds me of the uh, tornado warnings yesterday. It could have been like, wow, that was the scariest moment of my life. Or it could be like, wow, did you see the rainbow at the other end, right? Two different sides of the story. And as we get into um, our lesson, I, I just want to catch you up on the series that we're in. We are in this series called In the Meantime. And the big question we're asking is, what do you do when there's nothing you can do? Because there are situations like COVID-19 where we can't wave a magic wand and make it better. And these things have existed before, uh, wh whether it be a diagnosis for diabetes or cancer, and, and you can't wave a magic wand and make it go away. Whether it be a broken relationship, uh, something that is just strained and has taken time to get there, you can't wave a magic wand and make it better tomorrow. Whether it be a financial circumstance or credit card debt, and you can't wave a magic wand and have it just completely different tomorrow. So what do we do when there's nothing we can do? We can pick our paintbrush, the one labeled praise. And we can have an eye out for what God is doing despite all of the negative circumstances we're in. See the daily graces he continues to bring. And that's what the psalmist does. Today we get into the words of David and, and Psalm 118 is him recounting all of the wonderful things God has done in his life. Some say this was after a conquest, after a, a huge battle. And, and so he's just recounting all of these wonderful things. And, and something that uh, we don't normally do, but we're going to do today, is we're going to read the whole psalm. And I want to let you know, it's 29 verses. And so you can stay seated or you can stand either way. 
but there's just so many great details. I didn't want to escape one of them, and, and I just want to let you kind of soak it in this morning um, before we pick it apart. Uh, so Psalm 118, here it is. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Some of you say that every time you eat a meal. These are, these are good words, aren't they? Give thanks to the Lord. Let Israel say his love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say his love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say his love endures forever. That's the refrain we should be repeating. If you repeat that, that's brushing with praise and painting your word pretty beautiful. When hard-pressed, I cried to the Lord. He brought me into a spacious place. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I look in triumph on my enemies. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. All the nations surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord I cut them down. They surrounded me on every side, but in the name of the Lord I cut them down. They swarmed around me, all my problems like bees, but, but they were consumed as quickly as burning thorns because in the name of the Lord I cut them down. I was pushed back and about to fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. This is a key verse for us today. I will not die, but live, and will proclaim what the Lord has done. The Lord has chastened me severely, but has not given me over to death. Open for me the gates of the righteous. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. I will give you thanks for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this and it's marvelous in our eyes. This doesn't just apply to David. This applies to Jesus, if you know that prophecy. The Lord has done this in this very day. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord, we bless you. The Lord is God. He has made his light shine on us. He bows in hand, join in the festal procession up to the horns of the altar. You are my God. I will praise you. You are my God. I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. I love the paintbrush that David picked. In fact, why don't you just pick it as well? Let's praise the Lord. Could you say... Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. All right. Let's dig in and have some fun in the Word of God today. So I wanted to ask a question. Do you know what you were put on the planet to do? Right now there are high school graduations and grade school graduations, and something that I remember doing is picturing where you'd be in five years and ten years. Do you remember doing that? And for me, I've always wanted to become a pastor, so, so part of my story, I did get right. You know, put on the planet because I want to tell people about Jesus. He's so awesome. There's nothing better. Yeah, that's what I want to do. The other day, someone told my wife she was put on the planet to be a preschool teacher. And I think she's an awesome preschool teacher. Uh, what about you? D did you get it right, that projection? I found something funny. On Facebook, uh, they, they had this post. So in retrospect, in 2015, not a single person got the answer right to where do you see yourself five years from now unless you said at home because of COVID. 
<laughs> this past uh, week, I was uh, also privy to the graduation of my daughter. And so the whole school had fun uh, projecting where these people would be. And so one eighth grader was going to be a basketball player and on the side an astronaut. Another guy who was going to investigate UFOs and write books about it. Others who are teachers or in the army. What were you put on the planet to do? You know what I find interesting is this is an ever-evolving answer. It doesn't matter if you're a teen or in your 20s or in your 30s. That answer can always change. There are people in their 50s who still go and get placement tests to see what job they might want still to do. But here's why I love God's word. If you're struggling at all about purpose or why you're on the planet, the Lord makes clear what is otherwise unclear to many people. That's what I love. Like how we got here and what's our purpose. And some of you may know one of his purposes for us. Peter put it very well. Look at what's recorded in 1 Peter about our purpose. You're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Basically, God picked you. And why did he pick you? What is your purpose? That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. That you would be one who picks the paintbrush of praise, not only for your own life, but for those around you. You're just going to paint in beautiful colors what the Lord has done. And, And so one of the takeaways is this, that our primary purpose is to praise God. And if you're a preacher, everything sounds better in alliteration. So I have three Ps. It reminds me, God had the original PPP program. It was you. (laughs) To proclaim his name. That was his plan, right? In fact, another way of looking at this is like a light bulb. I don't know if you've ever had a light bulb burn out at home. Let me ask you, do you keep that light bulb around? I don't. I throw it in the trash. A a burnt out light bulb is good for nothing. And God says, you are a bulb. Your your one purpose is to shine. And to the degree you shine, you're fulfilling your purpose. To the degree that your light is dim, that's not what I created you to do. And so David recounts. David gets this. And in the middle of this psalm of praise, what is his theme? He says, so I will not die, but I live. And if I live, I will proclaim what the Lord has done. If I'm still alive, David says, it's not to build my own kingdom and to talk about my own name and my own conquests. It's to speak of the Lord. And he did it. The Psalms are filled with his words. Paul picked up on this purpose. Do you remember what Paul said in Philippians? Look at this one. For me, if I live, it's it's for Christ. I'm just a bulb. I need to share his word. I need to shine brightly. To die would be gain because then I just get to be with the Lord, right? You know, that's awesome. Uh, But to live, I need to shine. And same for us. And maybe if God's primary purpose is for us to shine, is to praise, maybe that's why he gets upset. When people don't. Maybe that's why I got so upset with the Israelites and sent snakes and fire. Because they, they could have praised God. They could have picked that paintbrush. They had enough of the story to tell. But they were picking the other one. They were painting in dark hues, friends. And then I look at my own life and I get off on my high horse. And something I realize about this message is it is so much easier to preach than it is to practice. To always pick the paintbrush of praise in a broken and sinful world, man, it's hard to get that right. Too often I've complained when I could have given praise. 
Which is why I love that salvation is not up to me, nor is it up to you. It's up to someone so much more beautiful who knew how to paint the world perfectly. This is our Savior Jesus. And one of his goals for us was to fulfill this law as well. The law of how we use our words. In fact, in the prophecy from Isaiah, it said, He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. He knew how to speak perfect words in every circumstance. And you consider because of the cross. Consider the paintbrush he picks up to speak about you. If you read the New Testament, you hear him getting a beautiful canvas together about who you are. He says, when it comes to you, on the other side of the cross, you are the pinnacle of his creation. The best of all he made. When it comes to you, you are his bride. Dressed in a gown so beautiful, you couldn't even buy it. It's priceless. The way he pictures you is that you're so lovely, God rejoices over you with singing. You are a new creation You are one who is called loved and holy and cleansed and redeemed. This is how he chooses to speak about you through his cross. But man, there would have been another part of the story, wouldn't there be? Consider if he defined us and he picked up a paintbrush based on our worst day and our worst activities. Man, that would look dark. I don't know about your life. I know it would for mine. But his grace covers that. And he chooses to tell his father Not guilty, Dustin Bloomer. Not guilty, watching on the screen. All simply through faith in me. And so if that's how Jesus speaks about us, how should we speak about him to others? That's why I love Confirmation Sunday. Did I tell you it's Confirmation? (laughs) And man, something I have fun is our access class. We, we get to play laser tag and eat candy. We get to talk about life, go bowling. Uh, we have this moment created where we model Christian dating. Uh, it's fun matching up, you know, girls and boys and talking together, having conversations. We had a ball. But what it's really about is that they would not only learn about how much God loves them, but that they would confess who he is. And something you're going to hear today Our young adults putting in their own words the praise of him who called them out of darkness into his wonderful light. And it's astounding when others do that. It's encouraging when others do that. It's the reason that they're here. Two things that I pick up on as we think about what we want to praise God for is the things the confirmands picked out that I didn't prompt them to. They picked out that that God is a helper and that God is our salvation through grace. And when I look at what David picked out in the paintbrush of praise, he he picks up on similar themes. In fact, he says, you know what? God is my helper. Look look at these words. He said, the Lord is with me. I'll not be afraid. What can mortals do to me? The Lord is with me. He's my helper. I look on triumph on my enemies. And so he recounted so many of those battles. Nations surrounded me. I cut them down. They were like bees, and I cut them down. If you, na- if you know David's story, some think this came right when he took over as king in Israel. But he had some battles before that. He had to face Goliath before that. And a hundred Philistines to marry Saul's daughter. 
He had to face the torn kingdom when Saul's son Ishbosheth uh, tried to steal the kingdom from David, even though he was the rightful king. He knew what it was to battle against Saul himself, playing the harp and spears were coming at him. Saul's army mounted against him because he was the heir. And yet, what did he find? The Lord is with me, and so I'm helped. What can we praise God for? What can we always say no matter the circumstance? We can say, God, you're my helper. And so if this finds you unemployed and waiting for that employment check to come in, you can still have confidence the Lord is your helper. If this finds you emotionally drained and wondering how to have strength for tomorrow, you can find help in the Lord, the one who puts you beside still waters and leads you into green pastures, the one who will not leave you or forsake you, the one who knows how to tr calm troubled hearts and lives. No matter the circumstance, you can say, I have a helper in my God. And his arm is not too short. His right hand is lifted high. His right hand has done mighty things for me and still will. You know, some people who need God as helper are those in Midland, Michigan. Maybe you saw the news of the flooding that occurred. The dam broke and so many are now affected. In fact, we have sister churches, ELS churches and Wells churches there who have been affected by this flooding. But something that I recognize is how apt Christians are to help one another. In fact, one of the community members was named Cindy Rao, and this is what she had to say about what's going on. She said, we've had more than 10 people say, if you need anything, call, Rao said. Our pastor's wife said they lost track at how many people came to help them. It's something that I've recognized during COVID-19. How many members have said, hey, pastor, you know, if anyone's in trouble, if anyone needs anything, a mask or anything else, just let me know. I want to help them. Christians were made to shine by being a help to others. Why? Because we know where our help comes from. The Lord, who in every battle and every circumstance has and will help us. Yeah, we can say I have help right now. Yet there's another thing that David picks up on and the confirmation, confirmands pick up on. Uh, this is what David also says of the Lord. I give you thanks, you answered me, and you have become my salvation. It's after this verse that he talks about Jesus. There's a messianic promise that the, the capstone that was rejected by the builders has become the chief cornerstone. This was Jesus. The religious leaders rejected him and, and even his own disciples fled from him. But after the resurrection, they, they saw him for who he was, the, the cornerstone, the bedrock of the church. That's what we have found. We have found salvation in the Lord. And so we can praise God for that. It's why both Cale DiPaolo and Jacob Seaver are going to talk about grace. And we're always astounded that when there was nothing we could do, he did everything. And as a gift through faith, forgiveness and life come through us. Come to us. You know, it's something we recognize is needed on this Memorial Day weekend. So Memorial Day weekend is all about the soldiers who have fallen, who have lost their lives in service to their country and service to us. And something I recognize is what a beautiful picture they are of what Jesus did. 
That just as Jesus died to set us free, so these people die so that we can retain our freedom. What a beautiful thing. But for those who die in the Lord, there's no fear, there's salvation. They've crossed the finish line. Just like another Christian named Rabbi Zacharias. Some may know that this prominent Christian speaker was also called to the Lord this past week. He was a great preacher. One of my favorite quotes came from him. It says, Jesus does not offer to make bad people good, but dead people alive. Ain't that a good quote? And Ravi, who is such a great voice, now has the culmination of his faith, the salvation of our God, who knows how to raise not only dead spiritual people, but dead bodies and make them alive and glorified. Ravi Zechariah said at Billy Graham's funeral, he said, Jesus, he said, we cannot lose heart, nor do we place our ultimate confidence in a human being. Our confidence is in the person of Jesus Christ, the word that became flesh and made his dwelling among us. That's who we preach. And because his faith was founded on the Savior, Jesus, he saves. He is now with the Lord. What can we always say to those around us? You know why I love following Jesus? I found my salvation. True peace and hope that's not contingent on my performance. That though I face death, he will raise me. And when we speak of God's help and we speak of God's salvation, it's then that we pick up beautiful paintbrushes and the world gets beautiful, not only for our own sake, but for those around us. But before we go, can I be a coach? Can I just challenge you this week to fight for it? To fight to get the story right. Because what we recognize is that there has always been two sides to any story. Two parts of any day. And we, empowered by the Spirit, maybe should pause a little bit more and be conscientious of how we're painting. Pause a little bit more and be conscientious of how we respond to people. Fight to get the story right and to paint in beautiful colors. I want to tell you about Job. You know his story. Job lost everything in a day, and his wife had a story. His wife picked up one paintbrush. Here's what it said. Curse God and die. Oh, that's ugly. That's ugh. But what did Job say? He said, the Lord gave, the Lord took away, the name of the Lord be praised. And even when it got worse, he was the guy who picked up his paintbrush, said, the Lord saves. I know my Redeemer lives, and in the end, he's going to stand on the earth, and I will see him with my own eyes, how my heart yearns within me. I'm going to pick up that paintbrush no matter the situation I'm in. Let's do that, friends. More than ever, this world needs hope, needs Jesus. Will you speak about him? Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, help me to give you glory with the words that come from my mouth. Thank you for the words you say of me. You call me new creation, bride, loved, and redeemed. Let others hear me declare the wonders of who you are, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which transcends understanding, keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.